DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to bring in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He joins us every week here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. He's brought to you by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. Steve, are you more worried about BYU or more worried about the Jazz? Because that wasn't a great week for either team. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think both of them have some challenges ahead of them. And, uh, you know, the Jazz are playing a really hot Nuggets team here coming up on Wednesday. And BYU's got USF and Gonzaga. So it's not going to be easy. Uh, they both have kind of dug themselves in a hole. Uh, the Jazz, obviously, some things, you, you know, when you're losing – and having your best player sit out and Ingles gets hurt again, or dealing with all the injury issues and the protocol issues, uh, those are things you really can't control. So hopefully uh, the Jazz can get healthy and, and, and BYU can kind of get their mojo back here. There's some things that uh, we can talk about. But, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a great week, real difficult time, and uh, puts them in harm's way up for a lot of things in terms of just the league play, but as well as the NCAA tournament. So we'll see how it happens. We'll see what, what happens. Well, let me say happy birthday to Coach Cleveland because I know you got a birthday coming up. And, Thank you. And I know it's a big one. So, but you're yeah. still rocking. You got many I years mean, to go. We, uh, <laughs> you, you, I was sitting there thinking about talking to my wife. I said, I said, you know, I don't feel seventy. I mean, I kind of feel it in, in, in certain ways, but mentally, I still feel like I'm, you know, yeah. young at heart. And but man, yeah, that, that's a number that is. Uh, kind of gets your attention. It does, yeah. yeah. So when yeah, my grandmother right. when my grandmother turned 80, she said exactly what you said. I don't feel like I'm 80. I'm like, well, how old do you feel? And she thought about it for a long time. That to me is like the most memorable thing. It was quiet for so long. And then she said, 55. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and after my grandfather uh, passed away, she was still very active. And I said, well, you know, you can do this, you can do that. Said, I don't want to hang out with old people. They're boring. <laughs> I'd rather oh, hang out with somebody your age, but most of the people your age think I'm boring. <laughs> she, exactly. she was hilarious. But I'm, it's true. Mentally, mentally, you know, you're still thinking like, you know, you're 35 and, and you're doing these things and the body doesn't always cooperate nowadays, but, but uh, no, it's good. It's good. I, I mean, you never think about ever being 70, right? Yeah, really. So I'll be in Utah. We'll get a chance to see a lot of basketball. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the Nuggets game on Wednesday, being there with my family. And uh, and then BYU's got a couple of big games themselves. And I, I will grant you that Santa Clara is better than they have been. But nevertheless, the end of that game, I was chucking stuff at the television. Stuff happened that just can't happen. And it, it really bothered me. And then the Pacific game, it just until the last phonetic uh, couple of minutes, man, it just seemed like something was going wrong there. Uh, as you diagnose this team, right? I mean, I, we can pick on individuals, but I'm always hesitant to do that at the collegiate level, at the pro level, at this yeah. fair game. But the collegiate level, yeah, and they still are college kids. What do you What do you see as being the issues? I, I, here's a couple thoughts. So one one thing people need to realize, and and, and maybe the the, the the fan doesn't see this, but when you know, I'll give you a scenario for instance, if BYU had played UOP at UOP the first game. They would have beaten them quite easily. BYU, the UOP was in kind of a funk. They'd never played them before. Then if they came back to BYU, they'd probably drill them. 
But the idea that you they played UOP actually played uh, BYU competitively for about 20 minutes, and then eventually BYU took over. But what people don't realize is when you start playing people a second time in league, I don't care who they are. You've got film. You 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 can get yourself much more organized. We're down the road, and I and I think what's happened in both these games. Santa Clara and BYU made defensive adjustments that they didn't make, you know, in original games. And I, I thought that the adjustments that they made and, and things that I saw, number one, for BYU was BYU runs a lot of dribble handoff, ball screen action. They, they try to turn the corner, go north-south. And what ended up happening is in both games, uh, both opponents switched everything. I mean, they switched everything. They gave help. And it forced BYU to kind of go east-west all the time and never really be able to go downhill. And, and Barcello, who is really adept at that, they doubled him. They doubled him a lot and took the ball out of his hands. So as he's coming off that and coming back off it, he's getting doubled. And all of a sudden, they get out. They, they get out of their routine. They get out doing what they feel is comfortable. And because Barcello is so crafty. But when you start doubling him, taking the ball out, it, it, they lose their rhythm. And I, and I think the thing, too, that the first half of the season you're able to do things and teams make adjustments, but if you notice those two games, there was no post presence for the most part. I mean, Trey already had like 10 points, but everybody now is fronting them, covering down and doubling, and forcing the ball to go back out. Because if you play Trey already one-on-one and you play behind him, he's so quick and so athletic that he can score over most guys. But all of a sudden – he, he got very, very few deep touches throughout that whole game. So now you've taken Traore out of his game, you, you're taking Barcello out of his game, and you're switching everything else, and you're on the road. It is disruptive. And in both of those games, they had kind of the same defensive game plans, and they were very physical, and, 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 and they let him play. You know, and Lucas played good, but, but it, again – it gets to a point where they, they lost some confidence. And, you know, you, you, they, I'm, I was just watching and seeing what you expect, and it, it wasn't like BYU was shooting a bad percentage, but they could never get in any kind of flow. And, and that team needs that, you know, and everything works off Burchello. I mean, he, he runs that team, and he's had an amazing year. And, but both those teams took those things away and then, you know, shot it better than they normally do. And then all of a sudden, the pressure's on BYU. That being said, that UOP game, I mean, can we get a press breaker, please? I mean, I mean they threw a ball away three or four times in a row. And turned it to the doubles. I mean, UOP, as good as they played, it was unfortunate that they gave it all back at the end. And really, I was surprised that BYU didn't end up winning. But I do think that adjustments and playing people the second time make a difference. And, and, and right now... They're, you know, they're not getting the consistency. And, and, and like you said, you know, it's not to pick on players. And, and, but they're, they've got some guys that need to step up. And there's, there's just a loss of confidence, especially on the interior guys, uh, some of the interior guys. But, you know, they got a big week this week. It's not going to be easy. They beat USF at their place. Uh, it won't surprise me if BYU beats USF. The, the Gonzaga thing's a whole different animal. But, but BYU, I'm, I know that coaching staff, they're so good, and, and they're going to work through this. One of the things that was the classiest things I've heard, and, and a lot of guys don't do this, sometimes coaches tend to blame circumstances or whatever, 
But Mark Pope didn't have a single excuse, took complete responsibility for what happened and felt like I got to be better. And because he does have a great group of guys who play hard and together and they've had good wins. But uh, this is college basketball. And I know what it feels like, man. Your gut just, just hurts all night and day until you can get to play your next game. But hopefully they'll figure some of those things out. But people are going to make adjustments. Okay, I don't want to go all Quinn Snyder on the Cougars, and we got to talk jazz, but last thing here, BYU's lost one game when they give up less than 70 points. They did lose. They gave up 69 and lost to Vandy, 69-67. But quit giving up 76 and 77 points, and things will go a lot better for you. So, yes, no, 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 no question. No all right, question. let's, let's get to the Jazz. Uh, Joe Ingles, that looks like a major injury. We'll hear about the MRI later today. How do they, what players do they have on a roster that you think might be able to replace some or part of what he, what he can do? I know next man up and all that stuff, but, um, and, and partly you do get there by just demanding that from people and then people will up their game, and yet you still have to be tactical. There's skill sets you're looking for. Obviously, he handles the ball. He has a lot of size. He can see over double teams. He hasn't been shooting the three well, but historically he shoots it very well. How did the Jazz attempt to replace him? Well, the first thing you'd like to have happen is that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert will be playing. (laughs) Because once they're on the floor, replacing Joe Ingles is a little bit easier. But when you take Joe Ingles out and you're not playing with Donovan Mitchell and you're not playing with Rudy Gobert, you got got troubles. And and you you look at who they're – I mean, they've got – a really tough schedule. I mean, they, they've gone through some difficult times. and I mean, they're going to play the Nuggets Wednesday. They dropped 136 on the Bucks, and, and they're playing really, really well. So they're coming in as a, a very hot team. And uh, then you got the Nets on Friday. So, I mean, I think the most important thing here is when is Mitchell coming back and when is Rudy Gobert comes back? Because no matter what happens with Joe Ingles, if those two aren't playing – it's a struggle, and and I think Clarkson takes a different. I mean, he's going to continue to do what he does off the bench, but he's going to have to. He's going to have to take more shots. He's going to have more of a role. I, I don't know that they have anybody that really just takes Ingles' place. I mean, you've got guys there that have come in and contributed, but I think the bigger problem is getting Mitchell and Gobert back because they're they're you know big, the T Wolves, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the Suns. They've had a tough go recently. Zero and four last week. And you're you're missing your best players. It's kind of like okay, and I and I, I think they'll play well against the Nuggets. And uh, but to be honest with you, if, if Gobert and Mitchell are not activated, that's a, that's going to be a really big challenge. No matter who comes out there. So what's what's the latest there? You you guys are close to that. Do you see those two coming back? Keep saying it's close, and they said Gobert was a mild strain, and it's a week now. And then the other one was concussion protocol, which is over a week uh, with Mitchell, so it looks like it's close. Uh, I don't know if it's specifically Wednesday or Friday, and maybe they figure, well, we can give them, basically, if we sit them out Wednesday, we can give them pretty much another whole week. But yeah, everyone's getting nervous now because you're sliding into the standings. and Yeah, I mean, you're going to look at the end of the week, they're in sixth place. Things don't, you know, those guys don't come back. I mean, Denver's playing well. Dallas is is playing well. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the Jazz going from fourth to sixth this week if they can't get them back. And it's not. I mean, there's not a lot you can do to control injuries and health and safety protocols. I mean, 
this NBA season has been so strange and so different than anything I've ever experienced watching. But you're right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where Utah's two and eight at the last ten, and and they they've got some tests ahead of them, and and the Nets will probably have Harden back. And and you know what? I watched the Golden State game, and wow, Kyrie, <laughs> he he hasn't really missed a step. That I mean, he was so good and under control, and uh, so that's going to be a handful on Friday if. Uh, if they don't get them back as well, because I, I think the Nets with Kyrie and Harden, I mean, obviously KD's not going to play, but that's going to be a challenge. And then, uh, you know, you've got the Warriors coming up. But they got two or three games, and the Knicks and the Magic and the Rockets, those are the games they can win down the road the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, I, th- I think the key focus is right now, Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and, and uh, see, see where that goes. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough deal. It's a tough deal when the injuries and things are – this nature and this league is so every night something different's happening, but uh, and, and their schedule has been hard and tough. So I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I have the answer to that. But they need Mitchell and Gobert back. If they do, they need a good. They need a big win to get their confidence, and hopefully uh, they can turn this thing around. But right now, if they don't come back, I, you're asking them to do something that I don't think they have the capacity to. I just don't think they have the depth and, and enough difference makers. To, to beat Denver and to beat those teams. Now, I say that, and every night we look at teams that get beat, they go on the road, and, and I always have to go down to who was not there, for what reasons, what was the situation. I don't remember usually doing that. But uh, Jazz have to work ahead. No question. Steve, as always, we appreciate the time. Happy birthday. Uh, enjoy Thanks. it. Hey, uh, hopefully I'll see you guys Wednesday. All right. We will uh, we will talk to you again in a week if we don't see you earlier than that. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Steve Cleveland, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, coming up, everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed next. Stay with us.